0: Good afternoon everyone and welcome to Tokyo on Fire. Today is April 30th and I am Tim Langley. I'm joined by my co-hosts Michael Chuchek and Dr. Nancy Snow. Michael Chuchek is adjunct fellow at Temple University and he's also the adjunct professor at Sofio University. He is the renowned author of the foremost blog on Japanese politics called Shisaku. Dr. Nancy Snow is adjunct fellow at Keio University. She's on an Abe Fellowship, where she is writing a book on Japan's national branding. She is also a two-time recipient of the prestigious Fulbright Fellowship. Today's burning issue is on the current visit of the Japanese Prime Minister to the United States. Today is day three of his five-day visit. He's currently on his way to Silicon Valley, as I understand it. He just finished speaking to both houses, joint houses of of the United States Congress. And lots of issues are tangled up in this. There's lots of national branding issues also tied up with his state visit. And I'd like to begin the discussion with Michael Chuchek asking you what's kind of going on in your world in the context of the Prime Minister's visit to the United States.
1: Well, I have a lot of friends in in American academia and one of the hot topics in this is the way that Japan is responding to China's Confucian Institutes by instituting uh, stipends, for, or even fully endowed professorships for professorships for the uh, for Japanese studies. Uh, he, the prime minister, just dropped another one during his visit to to Boston. It seems to be going to MIT, but he's endowed chairs at Georgetown and also at uh, Columbia University in New York. So this seems to be a new strategy, and I I, I sure
0: hope it works. Mm. How about you, Nancy? In the context of the Prime Minister's visit to the United States, what's going on elsewhere that's somewhat related to it uh, that's grabbing your attention?
2: Well, I I think having uh, Ambassador Kennedy and her son and her husband and the image of uh, Prime Minister Abe and his wife when they were visiting the JFK Library and he made remarks about uh, how inspiring Kennedy was. That was a good start to the week and the curious part to me was the news conference that Abe had with Obama because Obama, President Obama, had to spend a lot of time at the beginning talking about Baltimore mm-hmm. and the riots in Baltimore. So it seemed in a way that it was kind of taking a lot of the uh, wind out of the sails of the Abe's trip. Uh, another feature, too, is Mrs. Abe. I know she went out with Michelle Obama. They visited an elementary school. But I still think that she's kind of the rock star of the two. And I would have liked to have seen her More featured. Now, maybe she is, but it just wasn't coming through in a lot of the press stories I was reading. This seemed to be really about the Prime Minister and about what he was saying or what he was going to say, of course, uh, in Congress, which Mm -hmm. was the most recent uh, speech that he gave.
0: Right. Well, the imagery in the Prime Minister's presentation was really uh, striking, Mm -hmm. and I thought uh, Ambassador Kennedy looked uh, particularly good. She Mm was um, really uh, shining. And uh, as ambassador to the United States, he also paid tribute to several of the former ambassadors, very well-known ambassadors to uh, to Japan.
2: Yeah, I love that part actually of the speech yes. when he named the, the Mansfield and Foley. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, we've had some real giants here come as U.S. ambassadors. So it's, uh, th- that, that was uh, A sign of a very strong alliance, which Mm -hmm. was the whole point of the speech to Congress.
0: Well since our last Tokyo on Fire, there's been a lot of developments and the current issue that's hitting my radar is an issue that we talked about last week and it was about the cold water being thrown on open dialogue, open discourse Mm. about what's going on in Japanese politics within the Japanese uh, journalistic um, fraternity. And it looks like the pressure that's been applied on on quelling voices of criticism seems to have worked, and um, the journalist I'm talking about, Mr. Kono, apparently has been slapped around pretty much and has not received very much support from the rest of his fellows in the in the international press and the, the local press.
1: Well, the New York Times, Martin Fackler, is very much involved politically here, uh, though he's a journalist. He nevertheless makes a very strong takes a very strong stand in his articles, and he wrote about the situation involving the TV Asahi executives and the TV Asahi producers who were confronted with a situation where one of their commentators, Mr. Koga Shigayaki, uh, just went off on the Abe administration in a tirade uh, against it, accusing it of driving him off television on a live broadcast. Uh, the executives were, were asked to appear in the Diet, explain what had happened, how because under Japan's press law, you are not allowed to broadcast lies. Okay, so this how could he be allowed to make these ac- unfounded accusations? Uh, that is, of course, has a tremendous chilling effect on the press mm-hmm. that you could be called into the Diet to ha- deliver testimony. It certainly indicates that the government does not like you and even though Ostensibly, it's the diet, not the cabinet, that's asking you to do this. Nevertheless, it's clear that the the Japanese government is behind all of it. That, Mr. Fackler's article, really didn't change anything. Uh, Mr. Koga is no longer going to be a commentator. The The three producers of the TV show were all uh, well, they were not really right. Suspended. They were retributions they, have they, been meted out. Yeah, they, they they were they were reprimanded. Yes, and the executives of the of the network have taken a cut and pay for mm-hmm. a short amount of time. At the same time, and this is, what's great is that it's all happening when Abi's out of the country, so that <laughs> he is not the one who's being the enforcer. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's all being done when he's away. Uh, NHK also the national broadcaster also. Uh, reprimanded and uh, punished some of its reporters in its most critical news program and that news program has been attacked by the government. In this case it was for a program where there was a fraud committed. Staging. There was a staged event but nevertheless the general atmosphere particularly in regards to political commentary is closing down a lot.
0: Yes it is and well for, for somebody like us who live here, you see on the Japanese news and also in television drama, it's it's two-staged and everything is pretty much um, a, a recipe for creating drama or for pulling emotions out of people and it, it does become tiresome and, and somewhat forced.
2: Can I just speak to the Martin Fackler piece? Sure. Because I really, I I <laughs> had a problem with the way it was presented. I think it's, I think the Decline of critical voices, what's happening at NHK, it's all a really important issue. The way that Fackler wrote it, though, it it came across as inside baseball Mm -hmm. analysis. In other words, if you're really not quite an expert on all these people and all these, it it was all these puzzle pieces. And I thought what you need is more analysis of the system as a whole. How did we get here, for instance, and more historical analysis And with NHK, you call it a national broadcaster, it's a public broadcaster. I mean, and the distinction is that the funding, of course, comes from the people, Uh, the diet oversees the budget, the uh, diet appoints the board of governors, so it's sort of muddy, the waters there. But... It is modeled after the BBC, and if the BBC were getting these continual charges Mm -hmm. of being a government broadcaster, then it would lose its credibility. I mean, it has had that charge before, but BBC is still the gold standard, and NHK, if it wants to be the gold standard, needs to make its own case, its own PR case, that it is not part of the government. It is not beholden to the government's interests. It is overseen and and monitored, of course, but it it really has to be more of a public, independent broadcaster.
1: But it's not going to ever have that as an image, as long as a crony of the prime minister is the chairman of the board. Yes, Mr. Momie, it was a crucial financial and political Supporter of Abe when he was out of power, mm. was part of the, I believe, the Sakura Club of mm. executives who mm-hmm. supported his return to the presidency of the LDP. And as a gift to him and to his his mentor, Mr. Kasayoshiyuki, who's the head of JR Central, the he gave this position of chairman of the board, of the governors of Board of Governors of NHK, to Momiyi. And Momi immediately said things like. Uh, at this network, whatever the government says, we will not say anything different mm-hmm. from it. If the government says that the Senkaku Islands are inherent Japanese territory, that's the way our announcers are going to describe it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the difference between a public broadcaster and a government broadcaster, <coughs> I'm sorry, no, I, it, you're it's right. lost on me. No, you're right.
2: But he's making exactly my point. You're putting this in that larger context, and mm-hmm. that's what people need to hear more you're giving the history how it got to be to this point. And that's what I'd like to see more in terms of these stories because it's hard to just jump right in and read all these names and yes. you just don't, you don't understand how, how did we get here? Because Japan really, part of the trip to America is about these two democracies coming together. Big mm-hmm. D democracy was a big part of the, of the speech that Abe gave and 70 years hence from world war II, look at this strong alliance that we have well democratic accountability free speech free press that's all part of it
0: yes yeah, we are in an alliance yeah we're in an alliance
1: but the democracy part's getting kind of funky
0: yes it is <laughs> and
2: and and and, I, and that's and,
1: and we're that, Shaka that, Khan that, that's right that's but in this case it's we just got through the the unified local elections which are local but they're not terribly unified but the the, the citizen participation was appalling yeah. yes. it was absolutely yeah. rock bottom Yes, of okay
2: missing public. and
1: there there was a missing public there were missing candidates five city councils did not have enough people running to fill all the seats all you had to do was show up and register and you could get a seat on the city council and they couldn't convince people this this country is in an exhausted democracy mm. where the electorate is like coming <laughs> it's coming in to the voting booth in ever decreasing numbers mm. the number of people who are running for office is constantly decreasing i think 30, 35% of the, the available seats that were handed out in the local elections were just handed out they didn't even have an election they just whoever showed up became the person who was elected? It's Abe going to the United States and saying, I'm a de- I represent a democracy. Yeah, but it's a deeply demoralized mm. democracy. And mm-hmm. you're in charge of it, mm-hmm. Mr. Abe. How come this deeply demoralized electorate is somehow giving you a mandate for change and a mandate for the future? So I don't He needed see that. more
2: adjectives, didn't he? <laughs> see, that's what democracy. happens whenever
0: I bring up a slightly off topic issue. <laughs> I think Mr. Koga was right on target when he held up the sign and said, I am not Abe. Mm. I don't speak for Abe. I have mm-hmm. my own voice. Mm-hmm. I can say what I want to. I am on a national public radio, uh, national public television station. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boss was appointed, rightly so, by the prime minister. Let's give him that. Okay, this, this is on TV Asahi that he did this. So
1: it's, it's, a, it's a private broadcaster, but under the national broadcast law, the, the government can really crush you. If, you, if they want to, and they tried in 93-94 mm-hmm. as well. They when they when TV Asahi, the same network, actually um, was pretty proud of having overthrown the LDP during that pre-fender regnum. And someone made a speech saying, "Hey, we got them." And when the LDP came back to power, those executives yes. were brought in and said, "What do you mean we got them?" You mm-hmm. know. So it's it's this yeah. there. It's a repeat offender. First of all, mm-hmm. in the payback LDB, and payback. So That's
2: bringing well. in people, that is a contrast to the dinners, the sushi dinners that Prime Minister Abe will have with selected journalists, and that was part of Martin Fackler's. Piece. Oh, the the Do press. You remember clubs. that?
1: Yes. yes. Well, right. he, 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 he's he's actually talking to various.
2: Uh, influentials, influential
1: uh, journalists, and also he the the executives of all the major organizations, and mm-hmm. not just hanging out with Watanabe or of mm-hmm. the Omori Group, but he brings in the Asahi Group, he brings in mm-hmm. the Mayanichi Group, he he tries to wine and dine everybody mm-hmm. so as to get the top execs and the journalists separated, yes, mm-hmm. in terms of you know management versus the the the, the ink stained wretches, mm-hmm. and it's working, seriously. Right.
2: right. I would agree with that. And I think, too, <clears throat> I wanted to speak to my friend at Sophia University, your colleague, Koichi Nakano. He's been having a really hard time. Mm-hmm. He's probably the go to guy. I'm sort of calling him the Noam Chomsky of Japan now, in that, uh, but it, it's becoming the Chomsky syndrome, in that he's sort of being singled out as the one sole. Japanese critic, Japan-born critic, educated uh, at Princeton with right. a Princeton PhD. He's got all the credentials, but he is a very strong, outspoken critic of Abe's policies. He's not afraid to talk to any of the media. The, the problem is that I think that in he's being somewhat isolated now, and when you have this situation where you have sort of this one go-to critic, mm-hmm being sourced in all the articles it leads to the wrong conclusion and that is that we've got this one outlier here when there are a lot of us who can see what's happening and are speaking even on this program about it but we are not really the ones that reporters are naturally maybe they don't even realize there Mm -hmm. are others here but you want to build up a, a a whole host of voices of criticism if you want any kind of systemic change. Otherwise, I worry that my dear uh, mentor almost here as an academic is going to be exhausted, to, to use your word that you used earlier, by this process, it weighs on you. But, but
1: the thing right. is that the, 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 the Gaima show, yeah. uh, supposedly unofficially in a private email, members of the gaima show staff have emailed journalists and say don't don't
2: talk to, don't
1: talk to Nakano, mm-hmm. don't quote him he doesn't represent japanese
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then when this these kind of emails have been circulated amongst uh, non japanese journalists and japanese journalists as well then they say oh i was just speaking in a private mm-hmm. uh, capacity using of course my email address at the, at the at the foreign ministry uh, this is unprecedented. Never before in Japanese history have we had a situation where members of the diplomatic community mm-hmm. have gone after Japanese citizens as being unreliable. Mm-hmm. I mean we, we have the Communist Party here, we have the Socialist Party here, we've never had anybody going and saying, don't talk to the Communists, they don't speak for Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but here, in the case of this of, of Dr. Nakano, they are going after him in in a very, very clear way, which, of of course, again, the Abe administration cannot be seen as the the iron fist there, because it's being handled by members of of the bureaucracy rather than the government.
2: Well, and then that raises the question of the endowed chairs Mm -hmm. and their purpose. Because are they going to function as a counterweight to, say, a knock and no effect here? Right. And if the government wants to pay for an endowed chair, I don't know many academics who would turn down an endowed chair, but we would feel very strongly that, okay, I am going to speak for myself. I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to come to my own conclusions, and uh, in, I don't want the government intruding on that. Uh, and yet, I think that uh, if you want to have your funding, because a lot of times these chairs are three years, and then they get somebody else in there. So if you want to stay there, it maybe it's kind of a gentleman's agreement <laughs> that mm-hmm. uh, we understand each other that you're not going to get too far outside the box. But uh, it it as I'm working now on my book on brand Japan, I mean, increasingly I'm wondering how far should I go in my criticism because I can see what's happening here with a lot of pushback. And all of this will have a deleterious effect on nation brand Japan in the long run. Maybe it's a win for them short term, but uh, it's not going to work with that nice Japan, let's get more tourists here, um, or let's get more academics, foreign faculty, foreign students. It's not going to work. You're bringing in young people who are more questioning mm-hmm. and they're going to be questioning in the classroom and they're going to be wondering, hey, what's going on here in Japan?
1: I'd like to talk about the national branding aspect yeah. in, of, of, in particular, of the prime minister's speech to the U.S. Congress, mm. but I'd first mm-hmm. like to ask your opinion. What's your reaction to that speech?
0: Oh, the speech I thought was... Um In terms of content, it was really fabulous. Mm. I thought the speech was very Mm -hmm. well-written. It could have been delivered a little bit better, Mm. um, but I really liked uh, the speech. It went on for 45 minutes. Um, I think he said a lot of things that that took me a little bit by surprise. I was proud of him for saying a lot of the things and for pointing out the contributions of people to the Japan-US relationship. And, you know, as somebody who's who's devoted my life, like you, to that relationship, to to living here, to, you know, promoting those kinds of interests, that was really encouraging to me.
2: Mm-hmm. And what about the delivery? Well, uh, again, he had given the speech in Australia, when was that, last summer, in English, and mm-hmm. I think that went over well. And there were moments of this sort of enthusiasm, and the timing was a little off, um, but uh, he was able to rally, and... Uh, I think the the I would agree with Tim that there were there were references made to the the apology for the mm-hmm. World War II and the lives that were lost. Uh, there that I was moved by that. I ended up posting something about that. I was thinking about my father who had served on the USS Missouri eight months after the Japanese officially surrendered on the Missouri. So. It was a wonder to me. Mm-hmm. I just thought, what an incredible alliance it really is. Bumps and all. But uh, the, there were a lot of things left out. Remember he said at the beginning that I've got a lot to say and there was sort of a little bit of laughter. But he didn't say everything that he could have said. You had, uh, is it Mike Honda, Representative Honda there with the comfort woman. So yeah. you had sort of the drama. And of course you knew, I think we all knew he wasn't gonna go there. This was very much targeted to the U.S.-Japan alliance. Interesting time because not many Americans probably viewed this. Now, they can watch it later, but you're talking about 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Pacific. So I'm watching it here at midnight in Tokyo. But I thought it was going to be at night, prime time. And um, also the networks really didn't carry it. I had CNN on with the uh, sound turned down and CNN broke in occasionally and they had reporters talking over Abe giving uh-huh. his speech.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: um, of course, you look at Netanyahu not too long ago and all the networks were covering that. Mm-hmm. So, um, And the seats were all full. Yes, yes. indeed. Right. But um, I, I thought it, it, it had many strong parts to it. And, and even the, uh, when he was talking about his landlady in California, uh, who said, the widow landlady who said, my husband was better looking than Gary Cooper. I, of course, I love that. Having lived <laughs> in Southern California as long as I did, we always make references to Hollywood. And, um, and then, too, when he talked about the US. Uh, t- um, ending the war and and Tokyo's in ruins and then the U.S. turns around and is sending all this aid including how many goats? Uh,
1: 2036.
2: I had to tweet about that. I just couldn't tell. And Jennifer Lend at Dartmouth retweeted my... <laughs> I said, goats rule. Who knew? Who knew? And I'm picturing the goats. Were they on a ship coming over here going, wow, this is taking long. <laughs> so... But the TPP sort of, oh, there was a lull there. And then he switched to East Asia, Northeast Asia, mm-hmm. and that too didn't really work. It was kind of like a filler. But I think the the strongest part would be, wow, this is an alliance, it's really going to stick for the long mm-hmm. term, so no question there.
1: To, to, to use a baseball metaphor, it may not have been a home run, but it was a solid base hit. and. What we were all worried about was whether he'd strike out,
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah. because that's that's been the framing that we've been getting a lot of because there has been a lot of discussion on message boards and in emails. What is the new word for remorse? Until now, uh, the word has been owabi, apology, and that has appeared in the Murayama statement and in the reiteration of the Murayama statement that was done by prime minister koizumi in 2005 so that word owabi disappeared from abe's statements but most recently the statement that was made at the uh, 60th anniversary of the bandung conference mm-hmm. where it had been in koizumi's speech just 10 years ago there was a big build up what is going to be the word that's used. Hmm. And it seems to be that the word in Japanese is the word hansei. Uh, when Abi gave his speech, he the translation in, in the Japanese, the, the speech was delivered in English, hmm. but the, the, the Japanese translation that appears on the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs' email regarding the speech is uh, Let's see, hansei, meaning it's, I'm reflecting upon something so much that my brain is hurting. Mm. (laughs) Which, I don't know if that's apology, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's remorse, but it was first being translated as remorse, and Japanese scholars said, that's not what hansei means, it just means reflection.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, so that's not true. Suddenly, just before the speech, it's now being translated as repentance. And the reaction is, no, 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 no it's still not, not right. repentance, yeah. it's just reflection, stop mistranslating it. But that is going to be a, a minor story, maybe, but it, it, it just irks, it just digs at you that you'd take a word that whose translation is known and you just twist it and release this these, these phony translations, these phony versions of the speech that... Come on. It, it, it irks you. It, it irks you? Yes. And, and it undermines eventually the credibility of the Japanese The branding, different... the
0: w- what we're talking about you over know, and I've over again. I've said
2: before, you have to move on beyond this, but obviously what he's saying is not working when you mm-hmm. have all these scholars then pointing out these discrepancies between the English and the Japanese version. In Boston, he said his heart aches. So it, it does sound like some kind of medical affliction mm-hmm. going on as opposed to an apology. An apology is very much directed at the other, the aggrieved, whereas this sounds too, it's too self-referential. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really getting sick over this. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not projecting the right uh, tone or the, uh, I, I think too what's missing is the sincerity. Uh, it's all like, very
1: passive. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not an active voice saying, I apologize for this. It's, oh, these impressions are coming to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It is a passive voice, indeed. Right.
0: Well, I think probably the prime minister is thinking look, why should we apologize? This was done to us. We were building an empire just like everybody else. You cut off our supplies, Oh yeah, like he's gonna say us. that in Washington. Uh, exactly, you're, <laughs> right. not, you're oh, not going yeah. to. So the how to. How so, to, the, on
1: Hiroshito's <laughs> <Hiroshima>. birthday. Exactly, wasn't <laughs> that interesting? April 29th is, is Hiroshito's birthday. I did say an opinion piece okay? about that. Like he's going to say, we really deserved
0: our empire in but Asia. But, <laughs> don't don't you think, there's got to be a, a psychological explanation for his choice of words Mm. and I think that's because he sincerely believes what the hell are you talking about? Yes, a lot of people were hurt. A lot of people died. It's kind of nobody's fault. It was just a confluence of situations and it turns out that we lost and you won and so you're dictating to us that it was our fault and I don't buy it.
2: Well again that's sort of victimhood and I I thought it was telling too that the first topic he talked about in the speech was grandfather. Yes. Kishi. Mm-hmm. Now, my guy, uh, the Abe Fellowship, Shintaro Abe is never <laughs> brought up, but uh, uh, that may be your psychology. I, mm-hmm. I've thought before. It but he's, be.
0: I mean, we know this about him. He is very proud. He is very um, firmly established as, as a Japanese statesman. He has no apology for that. I mean, he's he wants Japan to be a proud, rich, just nation and it want, he wants the, the Japanese nation to project its influence regionally and globally. And in some sectors, he's successful. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just trying to broaden that. And his speech mentioned a couple of times, I'm the guy. I'm gonna do it. It's on my watch. You wait and see. I promised it. We have documented it. We're moving forward. Mark my words.
2: Well, there's your problem, right? (laughs) Because that makes me think about the Bush years again, when it was Bush being very confident, Bush and Cheney about, uh, we're going to be successful, and uh, the American people tired of that because we we really felt like we should have a say in the matter, and when Mm -hmm. you have that sort of cult of personality, it's just... uh, just not good because Japan is so much more than the prime minister and the diet. And again, broken record here, but it's just where are the voices of the people Um, that there wasn't a sense in the speech really of kind of the nation of Japan. It was very much about the state. Mm -hmm. and The relationship. Yes. Yes. And, And state to state relations and TPP is investors and who's getting rich. But yes, of course, I want a strong Japan too, I want an influential Japan. But in a holistic context, you have to look at the costs and benefits. So how is TPP going to impact us all? Not let's write a story about TPP and how great this is gonna be for Mm -hmm. people at the top or the companies at the top. And there's too much of that type of coverage going on. So I would have liked to have had some sort of everyday reaction to this Mm -hmm. that I haven't heard. Maybe you all see on the Japanese TV that I don't watch.
1: Well, I I would prefer that Abe use his tremendous political capital, and he does have tremendous political capital. He has no rivals in the party. Mm -hmm. He has no rival parties in the Diet that are worth talking about. He has the ability to move Japan beyond the parameters where it's at. That means not just in terms of the economy, not terms, not in terms of trade, but also in terms of its political position. Wouldn't it be cool if he, as a representative of the of the conservative wing of his party, says, we did these really bad things in Asia. We're de- deeply sorry. We recognize we cannot run away from history. And he does say that we cannot run away from mm-hmm. history, but he then says, he doesn't proceeds to run away from history. Yes. That would, in terms of national branding, yes. really change things. Because so. throughout East Asia, every major power has its humiliation story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And wouldn't it be great if one nation said, we're going to give up that. We're not going to go in, we were injured, Our we were the ones to become victims. No, we were the victimizers and we're sorry for it. I think that's what the Germans did mm-hmm. in Europe. Mm-hmm. Saying, you know, we, they eventually had their own victims' stories come out, but it was a private matter, it was mm-hmm. not a government matter. Mm-hmm. The, the government faced up to this fact, and I think that the Japanese government, and particularly Mr. Abe, can make this work. Because, let's face it, the history textbooks of Japan may not be the greatest history textbooks, but they're significantly better than the history textbooks of China, where their own governments uh, absolute devastation of the population in various episodes, such as the Cultural Revolution or the the uh, Hundred Flowers Campaign. These things are obviously not dealt with. Wouldn't it be great for Japan to be known as the honest nation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honest about history and then <clears throat> then you have a national brand that says we're willing to fess up to
2: things. I like that mm-hmm. better than hope because remember at the very end he talked about this hope alliance and that didn't really Wow me, but I like that honest nation because that works well with the nice Japan, too. Mm-hmm. That I can leave my smartphone and go grab my coffee and come back, and my smartphone is still there. Right. Uh, that's one of the traits that people really notice when they're visitors here. Mm-hmm. Is there's a lot of personal accountability.
0: Well, I think one of the greatest things about his speech was talking about the alliance but I think the most emotional part was when he was talking about, you know, the war, about the Pacific War. And um, I was touched by that, and yes. I, he, he, he came really close. I, I, I was surprised, actually, as I was listening to him, that he had gone that far, and he had really addressed the issue. And um, I, I think he took it about as far as he could have taken it, knowing this Prime Minister, I wish he could have gone a little bit farther, but I understand his his background and his, his proclivities, and also his constituency here in Japan. Mm. You know, they're listening, they're watching too. And although he played to the audience, um, I, I think uh, that was one of the high points of his presentation.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems to me that
0: when you start out a speech
1: talking about your grandfather, who was the Minister of Munitions, in the pre-1945 government, and who was in charge of the industrialization of Manchuria, a a country that was set up by the Japanese military, uh, of Manchukuo, uh, and talk about him first. Mm -hmm. As the first introductory subject, you're signaling that you have an obsession, okay? And it's an unchanging one during the Bush presidency, when he came and visited, he brought a picture with him of his grandfather, Kishi, playing Mm. golf with Dwight Eisenhower and Mm Vandivar Bush, okay, in in Washington, D.C. And it was from one, and it gave that to to Bush. I'm sorry, but you didn't, your grandfather did not play golf with, with Barack's grandfather. Okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't have that kind of thing going on. And yet he comes with the same story, mm-hmm. the same relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm tired of it. Uh, it, it I, I would personally say, forget about him. I'm not even, I don't have the same name. I'm, as she said, you know, I, I'm, I'm an Abe. Mm-hmm.
2: I, and not an ape. That's right, that was not Abe.
1: That was right. I'm honest, yes. I did
2: once call it Abe. Yeah, twenty right. years ago. Well, but.
1: honest, honest Abe. <laughs> yes. yes, but uh, the. Uh,
2: I agree. Yeah. That was not an impactful beginning at all. Because again, very predictable. That's your problem. Surprise me, Abe. Which would be what Michael was saying in terms of the apology. Make the apology. Let's all move on. Mm-hmm. Then. And that would be the surprise because of the messenger, Mm -hmm. that we have lowered our expectations there. We keep saying, well, he's not going to go that far. So we're just going to have to wait it out, wait out. Maybe some of these elderly comfort women for them to... uh, They're in very, very, I imagine, declining health in their late 80s, most of them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but it it just seems (laughs) like... I guess if you're the speech writer or speech writers, there's some things you can control and some things you can't. So that was definitely an ave.
0: Yes, that's true.
2: There at the beginning. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the comfort issue, the comfort women issue is one of those issues among the many that just won't go away. Won't go and away. the fellow who first brought it up, a professor in, in uh, Sapporo, um, still reports on death threats that he's receiving mm. on a regular basis, you know. Yeah, and
1: he's traveling in the U.S. at the same time. That's mm. the thing. Mm. He's,
0: he, he went and spoke, I believe,
1: at the Japan Society in New York and in well, various universities. He'll be, I think, in mm. California at the same time Abe's in California mm-hmm. speaking. So it's that's, that's scheduling, okay? Mm-hmm. So yes. he's he's offering his alternate narrative
0: of, you know,
1: I'm being persecuted.
0: No, he is. And he, he really is. One of the characteristics of living in Japan is the culture and the the overlying culture of if you stick out, if you're the nail that sticks out, we are going to get you. And a lot of these people we were talking about, the, the journalists as well, yeah. um, you speak out against what is perceived to be conventional wisdom and you're going to get hammered for that.
2: And also you mentioned California. I. If I were doing the speech writing, I would have begun with his uh, being a young man in California, because I think that's surprising to a lot of people that Mm -hmm. he had this youth. And he did mention his age again, where he said 20 years ago, I was told that I, what was he, cheeky, that he had become. And all of that, that kind of humanizing part was really good. It draws you in as a a listener, as a viewer. And uh, so... Now we switch into California. It's interesting with a lot of these endowed chairs, they're East Coast, it's elite, Ivy League. So we go to California where we have the opportunity for things to go maybe a little awry in terms of an Asian population that is a lot more Korean and Chinese. And so are you going to have more vocal opposition? That'll be interesting how it's covered by the media there—it's uh, very, very different culturally on the East Coast and West Coast. Mm-hmm. Having lived in both parts,
0: so. well, he left for uh, California tonight. I yeah. guess mm-hmm. uh, he'll be there for three days. I imagine uh, former Ambassador John Roos will be, of course, uh, very much Silicon uh, sh- Valley shepherding, shepherding him to uh, to various. Uh, meetings and uh, events, venue, that sort of thing.
2: Now that should be great in Silicon Valley because I think that that'll be all about business technology mm-hmm. and, and uh, Japan will be, should be a feature player there. He is going to Los Angeles though, I thought too, where you have the Pasadena with the comfort women's statue. And I just mm-hmm. wonder Blended how in. how separated he will be from that. There's a big Japantown part of uh, an Japan, and, and even
1: bigger Korean-American. Yes, yeah.
2: much bigger. So. And so
1: he's going to be, that's going to be a walk into the lion's den, but I'm sure that, mm. that he will be, you know, perfectly surrounded right. by Japanese-Americans sure. and by... Uh, Japanese who live in the United States that who are his fans? Mm -hmm. He he does live very much now in a bubble.
2: I was just gonna say that too. He's surrounded by He's he's
1: surrounded by a fan group that is of sufficient size that he really does not have to interact with his own citizens or the citizens of other nations that don't agree with his views Mm -hmm. and Personally, I don't want to talk anymore about World War two I am yeah. sick of the whole thing. Mm. It's seventy years out.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: we're, we're we should be way beyond this. Mm-hmm. And we had last year the centenary of World War One, and it seemed like what what was World War One about? Yes. Well, we should have the same reaction about <laughs> World War Two. We should be saying, okay, yeah, it was the war against Hitler, but we didn't declare war on Hitler, and then the Japanese hit Pearl Harbor and. You Know it's not really really clear, and, and can we get off this moralistic yes. bent? Yes, and the I way, agree Abe, with you the way th- Abe wants to get off of it is by letting it die of old age, mm-hmm. which is absolutely the wrong way to do it, right? But he, he, time is on his side, and supposedly, but uh, he should, he, he should take. A lesson from the other genocide that we're doing this year, which is the the Armenian-Turkish genocide. Oh. That story, after a century, unlike World War One, which is sort of vague and incomprehensible, that one's still live and mm. it's still hot in mm-hmm. Washington. Mm-hmm. And for Abe to think, "I'll just wait the comfort women out," yes, is uh, no deal mm-hmm. with it. Be the guy. Be the man. Be. You know, the answer to this question posed by his grandfather. Do it, get it done, and then move on.
2: I hate to say it, but the Kardashians even went to Armenia. So you're right. It is a hot, (laughs) hot thing. But uh, with the war, I'd love to say, yes, put it in a box. But now with the U.S.-Japan Security Alliance changing the Constitution, updating, this will help you if needed. Uh, then you read the comment sections of stories and people talk about World War III. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wars just never go away, do no. they? We're in kind of a perpetual war preparation. So even if there's no hot war for us right now, uh, we're anticipating. And he uses the peace and, and development. And a lot of this just sort of sounds a little like newspeak and... <laughs> mm-hmm just uh, you're preparing with arms uh, buildup and um, an arms industry for something to happen. You want you want to put that to service at Mm -hmm. some point. But I still have this lovely image of the self-defense forces not getting involved in any hot action where people are killed. Let's let's keep that that, and that's going back to a constitution from 1946. If we don't want to go back to 45, can we start with the Japanese peace constitution? Mm-hmm. I've just read the uh, Beate Sirota Gordon uh, piece where she was the uh, woman who put the, in the whole oh, right. article about women's equality mm-hmm. and it was a very inspiring story. So the only woman in the room was her biography, autobiography.
1: But the thing is is that the the, the, uh, the movement for revising the constitution is ongoing. We had Funada Hajime, uh, one of the rare LDP people who went who has gone to the foreign correspondents club recently. Mm. This week he went there and
0: spoke very very clearly and aggressively about constitutional revision.
1: Yes. Uh, and he until he had certain troubles politically, he would have been where Abe is now. Mm. He certainly was far above Abe in terms of the hierarchy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but he's in charge of, of this and he's, he's using it to burnish his legacy. Uh, they're gonna do it, mm-hmm. no matter what. We also had this week, the after, of course, the local elections passed, immediately afterward, the Kometo agreed to everything, basically, that the LDP asked in terms of the defense guidelines. Abe went to the United States with nothing in hand, okay? There's no legislation that's been passed that allowed him really to make these statements and have his Minister of Foreign Affairs and Minister of Defense talk to the, his, their counterparts in Washington or in, 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 Ar, in Arlington or in Boston, right. wherever they were, that here's our deal, here's what's what we can do together. None of that's been in, put into legislation, right? right? He's, he just came with a promise. But we, we had the Kometo saying, okay, we're all for these things. Uh, which means that the legislation is going to pass. The Diet Session is going to be extended. It's currently supposed to expire in June. No one believes that. Mm-hmm. People are looking at, at, the, at Obon in August, mm-hmm. that they're going to extend the session, pass the many pieces of legislation that need to be passed. About 15 laws need to be amended. But it's going to be done with an omnibus bill. All this is going to be done and put to bed this year, which well, you got to say it. Uh, Abe making making change happen.
0: The prime minister actually kind of indicated that in his presentation as well. You know that I will do this before you know the summer, before the this year is out. These things will happen; they will come to pass. It sounds
2: very authoritarian. It
0: does, and and there's, me. I mean, that's always the fear here. The fear regionally that if you give the Japanese back, you know the military capabilities, they will reassert that arrogance that uh, they've been um, criticized for. And Lee just... Kuan Yo called it, you know, giving alcohol to an alcoholic, mm-hmm. you know, giving military power to the Japanese. Yes, we
1: have I think he would have changed his mind in the last few years of life, but
0: yes, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, all I would say is uh, look at the great example that the U.S. has had with all of our interventions around the world. I mean, things have not exactly gone well for us. We've sort of bankrupted Mm -hmm. ourselves. So now Abe wants to be in that club. (laughs) I'm just not quite understanding that because you have a peace constitution that should be a model to the rest of the world. Uh, You know, honest Japan and peaceful Japan um, of course, uh, if all of this gets passed, I will just be the curmudgeon talking about this. You and Nakano-sensei. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he came with
0: two objectives, didn't he? He came with the military alliance objective, and obviously he's got to come with an economic objective. He has to do something to help bring Japan out of the doldrums, and I think that's probably what the California Portion sure. is, is dedicated to.
1: Well, he's certainly not getting anything out of the BOJ's actions. The, 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 mm. We are not seeing the two percent growth
2: Mm-mm. that
1: was that was promised when these quantitative easing measures started. We've not seen the inflation rate go up. There are people saying it's not just the price of oil that's, inflect- that's causing this deflationary period, that there are real structural problems that are mm-hmm. reasserting themselves and that all the efforts so far to stimulate the economy are going absolutely nowhere. I was surprised that that has not been as much of a conversation piece as it should have been. Mm-hmm. And Considering that the big story of the first year in office was Abenomics, right, yes. right, yeah, that's not on the table. That's not of interest. What we're talking is security, mm. the alliance this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that to me is indicative. Either one, they're losing interest, or two, they're losing confidence.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: yeah. was he expecting some kind of a trade deal to come out of this? No, I don't think or, so. Okay. I don't
0: think a TPP was. I mean, they, it was they, on they, the they agenda. Tried, they tried.
1: They They had the last minute. Until three o'clock meetings here in Tokyo, mm. which ended with a promise to meet again. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they didn't have anything. That was another non-deliverable. Mm-hmm. You know, the Abe goes without a TPP final deal. Mm-hmm. Well, the
0: expectations were really not there either—that he would go to Washington and close the deal. I mean, it's mm-hmm. yes, but Very
1: he's, difficult. he's a good Japanese gentleman, and he should bring an omiyage with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He should bring his gift. And he didn't bring much except, you know, his wife, which is a very nice person to bring along. And the that was the atmospherics were nice, no major blunders, no major insults.
0: So what whatever. do you think? Was it a good visit? I mean, to Washington DC, three days he went to Boston, he went to Washington DC. We'll see oh, how we'll see how California works. The state out. dinner
2: right. there was reportage in the Washington Post. Robin Given was writing about who went to mm-hmm. the Uh, A lot of luminaries, right? Well, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as a list maybe as some, but actually, George
1: Takei was there. Well, of course,
2: I love George, (laughs) and I think the uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks um, quarterback was there.
0: Uh, Seattle Seahawks quarterback, the um, Ichido?
2: No, 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 the 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 football. Oh.
0: But he's not Japanese. Why would- no, I don't okay. know
2: because they bring because they had just had the Washington correspondence Dinner, so th- this is sort of that Hollywood meets Washington mm-hmm. um, thing, and and there was uh, they were serving sake, of course, yes, and from uh,
1: Yamaguchi Prefecture, which and then is where Michelle
2: the- Obama is always so clever because she was wearing the Japanese designer, the purple is really beautiful. Um, and I, so in that part, I think, went very well. Mm-hmm. I it, And again, I'm seeing this 7,000 miles away. But um, I just would have liked that uh, the speech maybe were more sort of prime time because I just think that a lot of people, given what was happening in Baltimore and all that time that Obama was spending on that at their joint news conference, Abe's just mm-hmm. standing there as Obama's going on and on about how the peaceful protests devolved into the riots. So um, it's probably a little perplexing. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who dictates whether it's on prime time or not? I mean, uh, the whole confluence of other situations that are going on.
2: With the riots, with all the people and the overturned cars. And when you think about the protests here, I was writing yesterday about the man who burned himself, himself self-immolation the end of June last year, right before the announcement of the change to Article 9. Now, that was this one guy, and there were people there with their smartphones, and, and NHK, if you remember, NHK didn't cover it, but it was sort of like he was there, and then you never heard another That's thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, whereas in America, it builds and things quiet down and there might be a curfew, but it can go on and mm-hmm. just as it did in Ferguson. So it's a very different way of sort of handling the dissent and the and the tension internally. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just don't have the masses of uh, protesters mm-hmm. here. And when you're talking about all the amendments to the constitution, it's gonna be a long, hot summer. With the August 15th, Yes. Waiting to hear what he's going to say mm. with his advisors about well, apology or not.
1: We got a preamble. We got a, pre- a taste in well, this speech. We in did Washington, get a taste of it, and we, we know pretty much now that he's not going to put the word apology in there. It
0: doesn't matter what his advisor- well. Who knows? He might be listening to Tokyo on fire, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but I mean, I think you'll see a little bit of on-the-fly adjusting. Uh, let's hope we don't see a whole lot of on-the-fly adjusting. While he's in California for the next three days, mm. but I think there's there's still um, a lot of game uh, left in that US trip. What do you think?
1: I would say in, in conclusion that it, it's it's been a week when, uh, on the domestic front, it's been a bit troubling. Yes. Uh, the, the lack of enthusiasm of people in democracy, the pressure that's been put on the press, and that's clearly there, Uh, It's not as though that there's an authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. It's just, as I said earlier, an exhaustion with democracy and democratic procedures. Mm -hmm. And then we have Abe going as the representative of an Asian democracy to the Congress, the seat of America's democratic processes, Mm -hmm. which of course, as we know itself, is frozen solid with antagonistic partisan Gridlock, mm-hmm. okay? Yes. So as someone who believes in electoral politics very much, and who, who, who studies it and looks at it very carefully, I'm, I'm really, really torn by this week because it, it just, it does, it's not representative to me. It's an unrepresentative representative democracy on both sides of the ocean.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There is gridlock in Washington, but also great restaurants. So just to put a little positive spin on it, I lived in Washington inside the Beltway nine years. I uh, have never seen it so bad with the political Uh gridlock, Um, but it is an exciting place though for a lot of young people Mm -hmm. to go live uh, right out of college and graduate school, a lot of uh, non-profits and of course all the embassies there, so it's an exciting place and of course that changed during the Kennedy years to bring it back to Kennedy because they made Washington really a must-place to, yes. yeah, to, uh, and very elegant with Mrs. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So there were some symbolic uh, upticks there, but I think what you're talking about with the the maybe the apathy and the passivity and then the passive voice regarding the inability on Abe's sort of rhetorical mm-hmm. part to... Uh, take a more active uh, role in uh, saying Japan apologizes. Why not just say Japan and it, it, don't make it so much about him, but mm-hmm. uh, these speeches are always very interesting to deconstruct. What could you have said?
0: Well, hopefully, to bring this around full circle, I think uh, one of the central underpinnings of a of a democracy is a vibrant and independent free press. Right. And uh, that's, I think, one of the reasons why we spoke about it at the beginning of this podcast is that it, it really is critical and it's central to achieving that level of democracy that I think makes sense. And one of the reasons why um, uh, foreigners who live in Japan have have a, a, a bit of a difficulty in kind of getting their head around Japanese democracy is because, yes, it's democratic, they run elections, they have votes, they have representatives in the House of Parliament, but it's it's just not quite the same. There are a lot of things that are different, and in the United States, boy, don't we wish it was a little bit different there, too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with that, I'd like to draw today's conversation to a close. You've been listening to Tokyo on Fire. Today is April 30th, 2015. You can send comments to us at comments at TokyoOnFire.com or via Twitter at hashtag TokyoOnFire. You can visit us on YouTube and subscribe for more upcoming episodes. Thank you very much. Please post your comments. Please continue to visit us. This is Timothy Langley signing off. See you next week.